Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Dressed up in the Moonlighter costumes. Well, those are the seven on-field officials that oversee the rules of the game. That referee there, he's the boss. Kind of like Mr. Krabs at the Krusty Krab. Except the referee wears a white hat and isn't talking about money all the time. <laughs> uh, what was the name again? I keep forgetting the name there, Josh. The Sandy Cheeks. Sandy Cheeks. Cheeks. <laughs> Sandy Cheeks. I'm not a big SpongeBob watcher, but I did watch... About a half of the Nickelodeon broadcast last night, a little less than that. I thought it was really good, and they had a lot of those characters, and I forget their names because I'm not totally like into it. But you know, SpongeBob and Patrick, right? Is it Patrick? Yes, and he, Patrick Star. Like, there would be yep. he, he he speaks in a certain way that it's very recognizable, right? Yep. And sometimes he'd come on, and you'd know it was him. The graphics were amazing. Like the way they put the graphics into the game, it just is super cool. And how they're they're slime when someone scores a touchdown they're sliming them on the graphics. Yep. You get in the red zone it's you know red and it's there's cannons and fire there's there's water everywhere and bubbles. I mean literally this is true. At one point, my wife said to me, she goes, "Oh my god!" She goes, "I've been watching for the last five minutes thinking there was something like wrong with the screen. I saw like bubbles. Now I realize it's because of the Nickelodeon. Like she didn't know. She didn't know the difference. It was pretty cool." <laughs> Did uh did you get any viral moment? Remember when uh, Patrick Starr trolled Russell Wilson when he threw an interception last year? Did we get any of that, or did they uh, they lay off the players a little bit? I don't think we got that. Mm-hmm. What I liked okay. though was there was always a like there was a graphic that they would show when something would happen, and they put words at the bottom that kind of were funny. And I I should have okay. remembered some of them. I just remember one was there was a personal foul penalty, and at the bottom it said, "Yeah, you can't do that." For Travis Kelsey, they had uh, Taylor's boyfriend, and then in the stats box, it said "really good at football." Really good at football. (laughs) Yes, yes. They they when they did bios, they like gave. um, I think they gave Harrison Butker glasses. Mm -hmm. You know, and like because he for whatever reason, and like Noah Noah Eagles, like yep. As a member of the, he said, as, what he said was a member of the Four Eyed Club. You know, I really appreciate you guys doing that, put it on there. And like they drew things and they put, oh yeah, favorite ice cream flavor. Not the normal stuff you get, right? Right. No. You gotta, you gotta have a little bit of that fun stuff if you're gonna do a Nickelodeon yeah. podcast. They had the real, it was cool. they had the real actors too, I guess. The, I think the last, when I mentioned uh, Patrick Starr like trolled Russell Wilson last year, that was like, 
AI generated commentary, I guess, oh. from the cartoon character. But this was like the voices of the characters on the actual show were like behind the scenes, like doing the voices. What I really love, though, I just I think this should be somehow incorporated more into every regular broadcast. Let's play that again. Yeah, I, this what um, cheeks? What's the uh, Sandy, Sandy cheeks? cheeks. Yep. J- okay, jo- Josh, you have the sound again. I want to fire this up. Okay, all right. Here's the sound again from Sandy Cheeks. There's a point I want to make about this sound. This it doesn't have to come from Sandy Cheeks. It could come from Evan Washburn. It could come from Tony Romo. It doesn't matter. Somebody. Okay, even if it's Gene Steratore, I wouldn't mind. I love this. Go ahead, play Sandy Cheeks, and I'll tell you why. Who are these guys dressed up in the Moonlighter costumes? Well, those are the seven that oversee the rules of the game. That referee there, he's the boss. Kind of like Mr. Krabs at the Krusty Krab, except the referee wears a white hat and isn't talking about money all the time. Okay, Joe. People just learned way more about the NFL during that little 20-second bit, if you were watching Nickelodeon, than probably millions and tens of millions of people watching uh, who didn't watch it. They, they uh, learned, hey, how, how many people would know, Joe, if I said right now, how many officials are on the field at one time? I, you'd be like, uh, I think six, seven, uh, right? right. Like uh-huh. there'd be people, you might know, I don't know, but a lot of people wouldn't. Sandy Cheeks comes out and says, who are the people in the uh, stripe? Oh, yeah, those are the seven on-field, so, tells you the fact right there. Seven on-field officials. Then explains who the white hat is. Now, I think most people who watch football would probably discern who the yeah. referee is. But I bet you millions of people watching yesterday would not know if I just said randomly at a Super Bowl party, hey, how do you determine who the referee is versus the line judge and the back judge and that person? I bet you a lot of people would have no idea. I need more of that in a broadcast. Yeah. I So I'm going to be uh, – I'll be the, the jerk here who says – Okay. I think I need two different broadcasts then because – okay. The, the there was the door of the explorer explorer one two or she's explaining like what a personal foul is or whatnot. Yep, I I'm love that. I'm someone that like when the college football national championship is on, I like the coaches room for instance. Like I want the okay. hardcore stuff, but I'm I'm probably not the norm, right? I'm not the the normal demo for the majority of the viewer. I think if I got real pedestrian explanations like that, that would drive me nuts. But I do think there's value to it because you're probably right. The majority of people watching, they don't know that. They don't know this stuff. Like they, that would be valuable to have explained to them. So, you know, at the same time, I should. I'm not the demo anyway because I'm at like parties usually for the Super Bowl and I can't hear what they're saying anyway because there's enough people talking. So I'm good with it. And what? And, and why is it? On, and why are they doing it, doing the Nickelodeon thing? They're getting a new generation of fans, right? Right. Yes. So, like my son, who's ten. And I want to make it clear, Joe, I totally respect what you're saying. Like, I don't need to watch it. I know this stuff. Yeah. I just think it's very valuable for the casual football fan. If you want to really educate your fans, you need more of that in some way. Yes. And, and yeah. you're right. Maybe it comes from a second broadcast. But I also don't think there's anything wrong. And I'm not saying hammer it. But if you had a regular CBS broadcast, right, mm-hmm. and you like something, you know, they we, we hammer, oh, don't bring Gene Steratore in, right? right? What if every once in a while, wouldn't it be beneficial if on a regular broadcast – They'd say, hey, let's go throw it to Gene Steratore. And Gene would say something like, hey, just so everybody's aware, when you see this official here, that's the back judge. Here's his responsibility. Mm -hmm. You don't think that's valuable? 
I think if you had a guy like Gene or uh, could be Dora, uh, <laughs> right, doing there that quickly, right? Because what percentage of the broadcast are you really spending on that? It's not like it's a very high percentage. So, no, that's right. Yeah, I think. It well, would the other part something. of this is the other part of this is to me, Joe, is um, some of the color analysis you get, the color commentary, can be way over people's heads. Sometimes I think Romo can mm. kind of do like that's why. Like I love when Romo came out and he's predicting plays, but I don't need all that. What I need is. Who's the guy I really like? The guy in Fox. I told you his name. Uh, I watched him. Um, um, no, I can't think of his name now. He does the college uh, bro- broadcast. On not Fox. not Olsen? Uh, the college broadcast? No. Oh, Joel Klatt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, he's amazing. Yeah, love Joel Klatt. Joel Klatt, this is what Joel Klatt does. If you watch a broadcast with Joel Klatt, you are smarter because he explains football a little bit better, and he does it at a very nice level for people to understand and say, hey, look at the tight end here. He's doing this because of this. And I love that. I don't think you get a lot of that from color analysts. Now, I will tell you, I think Eric Wood is as good as it gets on radio, but it's radio, and it's hard for him. He can't show you the picture. But Eric will explain mm-hmm. after a play what the offensive line did. And I think, the, I think the, the greatness of Eric, to be honest with you, after working with him now for a few years, mm-hmm. I don't know how he does it. After a play is over, he knew exactly what every offensive lineman did. It's amazing. <laughs> like it's like yeah. he'll recall it, and he watches the 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 broad. He watches it live from up top, and as soon as a play's over, he'll say, "Oh, what a block by this guy!" And I'm like, "How did you know that?" He was the he was the backside guard, right? Like he sees that. That's the charm of someone like him that's so good at what he does. To me, I just need. I, I liked it for this reason. Yes, I get it. I don't want to hammer everybody over the head with it. I know what you're saying. Totally agree. But when Dora came on and said, personal foul on whoever it was, by the way, here's the definition of a personal foul. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I bet you people probably would want to know what's the difference between that and an unnecessary or an um, unsportsmanlike conduct. Just little things like that uh, I'd be interested in. Let's go to Ryan in Buffalo. Ryan, how are you, man? Welcome to WGR. How you doing? Yep. Um, Good. So the coin toss last night, which was uh, the, obviously the Niners took it. In overtime, and I'm just really surprised at all the backlash because I'm thinking that's the right play every single time. I mean, if if you match points on the first drive for each team, either no points, three points, touchdowns, they're probably going to go for two. The second team to avoid giving the other possession back, but you're, you're missing out on them. It's sudden death after the first two possessions if you match points. So I would think I'm just very surprised that Shanahan's getting a ton of backlash for taking the ball when I think it's the right move every time. Yeah, I de- think it depends though. Like, uh, it depends how you play it, who the coach is. I think you gotta, you gotta have the right mentality if you're going to go first. Because if you don't, you're really giving the second team an advantage. Like to me, Re- Andy Reid. The thing I would have, if I'm a Niners fan, the thing I would have been confident in, or I would have been hopeful about heading into overtime is Andy Reid, in some critical moments, can be just a little bit too conservative. And he's been like that really forever. I think he more than makes up for it with the rest of it, but he he is that way. And if I'm a Niners fan, if I take the ball first and I take that field goal on 4th and 4, down inside the 10-yard line, I have pushed Andy Reid into being the aggressor. I have pushed Andy Reid into, okay, I got fourth and short on my own 30-yard line. He knows he's got to go for it. Where maybe, I think probably not, but maybe if the Chiefs had the ball first and they got to the same spot they were in, fourth and short on your own 30, instead of, well, you've got to go for it because if you don't, the game's over, 
If they go first, do they punt it? I, maybe not, but I think he might. And you're pushing Andy Reid into he's not even has doesn't even have a decision. You're making him become the aggressor. And that's where I think you try to play the game. I think the game to be played here is not about do you go first, do you go second. It might be who's your opponent? What are this coach what's this coach's tendencies? Because now it's I think it's a chess game between coaches with this rule, given that it seems to me that all the analytics people and all the, the the former coaches that were talking about it, like last night, are like, no, this is fifty fifty. There's there's really good arguments on both sides. I think it mm-hmm. becomes a chess match for how you do fourth downs, how you you know how you go about you know field goal decisions, um, how you how aggressive you play with down the field stuff. Like I think a lot of that starts to become what's going to be critical in in the playoff overtime. Let's marry the two points we just made. The o- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Overtime rule and the explanation rule. I did not think they did a very good job on the broadcast of explaining the end of overtime and the timing. Okay. They did say there was no rush. Okay. Tony Romo and Jim Nance made it clear there's no rush. They they don't have to score here before zero. And they did and everybody kept saying it's the start of a new game. But Joe, I know that they didn't do a good enough job because I've had numerous people text me this morning. Or tweet at me and say, what would have happened if it was zeros on the clock? Right. So they didn't explain it well enough. Yeah. I also don't know why they have the clock. Right? Like, I mean... Because I, it... Well, well, because it's quarters. It's it's a new game. Because once the, once it goes to zero, you do go to a second quarter, and then there's a halftime. Okay. They, oh, so they take a break? Well, you would... You would if... Well, you yeah, I don't know how long the break. It wouldn't be like Usher coming out again. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah but it would yeah. be a halftime. It would it would literally in the if if they would have not scored there or tied it up. Let's say let's just say the Chiefs tied it up. I'm glad you asked this because this shows me again. A lot of people don't know actually how it works. So if the Chiefs had tied it up, they go to the then the clock goes to zero. They would just keep going, play a second quarter. Now at the end of that quarter, you got to score. Or you're going to halftime. Like you got to score before it goes to zero. Or you're going to another break, and we're because st- it's a new game you're playing. Oh, okay. That was the first quarter of a new game. Man, I think that's that's. I don't know why they decided to do that. Why why even have the clock? I mean, I get it. Like, I, I feel like you're you're throwing a whole new wrinkle, and you just don't even need it. Like, I, right. I I'm making them now. Like, you're. I don't think the clock needs to be an element here at all. I just don't think. Like I think that's a, I mean that's right as to why it exists. I just think you would be completely fine if the NFL just ditched the clock and said 
We're, we don't need it. Here's the play clock. Here's the possession rules. Right. And that's it. Like, I, I don't need the clock at all. Um, well, can I throw a wrinkle into that for you? Yeah. What if it wasn't in a dome and it was windy? And then, you, oh, I see. Well, couldn't, you could just flip after a possession, right? Isn't well, that what they could. do in college? Yeah, but I mean, isn't that that plays in a strategy of why you would have a clock to flip sides and make it a second quarter? But that's what it, the second quarter to me would start when we get to the, the second okay. set of possessions. <laughs> now you're talking even more strategy here, right? Because now it's not based on not based on time. You're right. You could second second yeah. possession. I want the wind with the second possession, or I want the ball. You know what I mean? Like all those things then would come into play. Now you're right, though. In this scenario, they're in a dome. There's no wind. There's no weather element. Right. But you could get that. You play a Super Bowl in Miami. We had a really rainy Super Bowl in Miami one time between the Colts and the Bears. If it's really windy. So, yeah. But to to answer everyone's question of who, if you did have a question, maybe you know, I got multiple texts this morning. I got people in radio texting me this morning. Hey, what would have happened if the clock ran out? Like, well, they just would have flipped sides. It was a new game. That was the first quarter of the new game. And guess what would happen in the second quarter? Two-minute warning. And end of the end of the half, we stop, we re-kick. Who would receive? So them? so 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 in the in the second half. So let's say you get to the third quarter. Now it's the Chiefs having to choose, but it's now a sudden Wait, death already. They would do another coin toss at halftime. No, they wouldn't do a coin toss. It would be them their choice because they lost the coin toss in the first coin toss. So they would sense. get the ball. It's a new game. First in the okay. Yes, but by then it's already by then it's already sudden death because you've gone a possession each. Yeah, man. By the way, Kyle Shanahan was one of the people texting Sal asking what would happen as the clock expired. <laughs> I love it. Uh, let's go to Frank in Williamsville. Hi, Frank. You're on WGR. Hey, Sal. I don't know if you've covered this yet, but my, my, um, the uh, the uh, color guy. What's his name again? Romo. For, for, yeah. He kept saying that it, it, you get an extra down when you, when you defer the ball. You get, you get that fourth down, he kept saying. Mm-hmm. Because you know what the other team did. So if they scored, and you, have, you know what you have to get to score. And that's, he, says, he says that's more of an advantage than getting the ball even even with neither team knowing what to do. You're feeling what I mean. Having, having, having the other team go first so you know what they did, what you have to get to meet, meet or beat, that's, that's an advantage, he said. I think it is an advantage to have a second, an extra down. It's, it's the theory of you know what your your opponent did, so you know if you have to match or not. Right. I do think that's an advantage. There's no doubt about that. But I think you have to weigh that advantage, Frank. Versus if we have the same score, I now get it with a chance to win no matter what happens. That's correct. But the thing is, he's like Mahomes can score as many points or as little points as he wants. He knows exactly what he needs. And after watching that game, so. I'm more thinking that it's, it's the, the hold is deeper than, than ever for the Bills. I mean, I'm looking at the talent level. And I haven't seen San Francisco play much, and obviously we see Kansas City play all the time. But it seems to me the kids, San Francisco have better special teams. They got a better kicker. The Chiefs got the best kicker in the league. Um, as far as wide receivers go, it's, it's San Francisco got much better than than, than our, our Bills do. It seems to me, and um, it, they're faster. And, and, and I just want to, like the speed of the game is, is faster when the for the other team. I don't know. Um, where, where do you think they, they all start? Obviously, Kansas City's got, they proved it, they're number one, but where do you think the Bills line up with a team like San Francisco? And what about like looking into the future? We had to deal with Brady all these years, and now it's Mahomes. Are we ever going to win anything, Sal? Well, let me ask you this, Joe, and on Frank's question. How do you think the Bills matched up with the Niners? I think they would do a lot better offensively 
because the where the Chiefs are different. I think the Chiefs' biggest strength in their defense, not to take away from the D-line because Chris Jones is amazing and Karloftis is pretty good, Amenahu is pretty good, but their strength of their defense is their secondary to me. Like, McDuffie and Sneed and Justin Reed, like, they can shut you down. They The Niners have Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, and they combined for, like, less than 80 yards yesterday. Combined for less than 80 yards. Kittle, too, had nothing. They can cover you, and they did that against the Bills. I don't know. The Niners aren't the same. The Niners' strength is their front seven. And I think the Bills are more, you know, capable of handling that because of how strong their offensive line was this year versus... You know, you give the Niners, the Niners are a little bit weaker of a secondary. I think they would have had an easier time getting open. Um, so I don't know. I think I kind of think they, the Bills offense might have done a little bit better against the Niners, but that's not to say they're terrible defensively or any by any means. Um, and how they would match up offensively. Could the Bills have done what the, Niner, what the Chiefs did? Uh, it depends. Do I, have the, do I have my linebackers? When they play the Niners next year, and, and they have they have Terrell Bernard and Matt Milano, because if they have those two, then I think they can do every bit of what the Chiefs did defensively to the Niners yesterday. Were you impressed with Purdy? You know, he was fine. I, I was I was kind of it was curious to me that Peter King in his Monday morning quarterback article this morning kind of did like a whole paragraph giving Purdy credit for going toe to toe with Mahomes, like it was some epic quarterback battle, and. I don't know. Again, I thought he was fine, no. but I didn't yeah. think he was great. He, I don't think Mahomes was great either until the end when he needed yeah. to be make some plays, but right. I don't think he was great throughout the game. Yeah. So, like, Purdy, I don't know that he had a Jimmy Garoppolo moment where, oh, you had Emmanuel Sanders open to win the Super Bowl down the field and you missed. The closest I think you would get to that is Purdy drops back, here comes Chris Jones, and mm-hmm. he throw, Debo is beat Sneed. He is running to the end zone and mm-hmm. he is open. And that's a tough throw. I mean, you got Chris Jones in your face. So you you are taking a hit to make that play. He got it off. I mean, he overthrew it. Um that's that's the throw I think you'd want back. I think he can make that throw, but I, I like Mahomes maybe can make that throw. Maybe Allen can make that throw, given that the contact comes after the hit. It's not the same as when Allen missed Shakir because when Allen got hit, he was in the process of making the throw. Purdy got hit after. He just knew it was coming. Um, that's the one where I think, you know, it, it, that was his moment. He could have been the Super Bowl hero with that pass in a tough spot, and he, he overthrew it. Let's go to Eric in New York. Hi, Eric. Hey, Sal. Hey, Joe. What's going on, guys? You know, hey, at the end thanks. of the game, I found myself scrambling a little bit as the Chiefs were driving, as people were asking, and I, and I you think you know the game. What will happen if is the time does the time supersede the ability to have the possession, or is the possession more important than the, what will happen? And so my question is this: in a hypothetical scenario, like what constitutes a possession in the NFL? If the team wins the toss, right? Let's say elects to kick, let's say or defers, and does the onside kick and recovers it. Does that mean the other team already had the possession or no? Yes, it does. It's already, it's laid out in the rules. That that counts as a possession for the team that did not, that the receiving team, that you now have the ball and you can win the game right there. So that that, that would be a possession. So it's actually, you don't actually have Correct. to possess the football. Do you know why? Because that's considered a turnover. That's a turnover. Even though they never may have not touched it. Right? You kick it 10 yards, they don't Correct. kick it, you recover it. That's, and another question is, in the regular season, right, the rules are a bit different. You are afforded 
a possession if the other team kicks a field goal? What if the time runs out on you there where you did not finish that second drive? Uh, you, you didn't finish your drive for, you know, to try to tie the game. After the, the, the team kicked the field goal, you go the other way. The time runs out. Do you still – can you complete you lose. that possession or no? You lose. You lose. That's it. Okay. I really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, in the, in the regular season, you must – Finish it before the the time expires because they only want you to play ten minutes because of safety right. rules or whatever. Once the ten minutes hits, the game is over, and we just whatever the score is at that ten minute mark is done. If you do not get your opportunity to continue your possession, you must. So if a team takes eight minutes to score, you get two. Got it. Thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate it. You got it. You got it. A lot of stuff on this overtime stuff. It I, is crazy, right? The first year. I'd like to see this done in the regular season, by the way. I'd make it the same. Yeah. Those games matter, too. I know not like this, but this is this achieved what it was supposed to. It took, I mean, especially, you know, like there's Seth Walder telling you, or a, an analytics staffer in the NFL says, if you think you have an advantage one way or the other, I think you're probably wrong. That it's so close. It's so even, whether you take it first or second. But what that means is you've taken all the value of the coin toss out, which is exactly what you want. You don't want the coin toss determining the outcome of a game. And that was achieved. That was completely achieved, I think. Uh, it, it was As close as you can get to it being achieved. And I would like to see that happen in the regular season because I've always thought the dumbest thing about this sport is that a coin toss can determine like 30% of a win probability heading into overtime, or more than that. It's like more than that even. And I don't know that we'll ever get to it being done in the regular season also, because I think it does. It can take longer, of course. You can get into double overtime. But I would like to see them someday do this for all NFL games. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back here. If you have more thoughts on the overtime, we can do that. We also have the uh, Super Bowl commercials. You want to get to anything there? Halftime show, Usher. I saw a really funny tweet. From someone last night said that I think it was maybe yards per pass, <laughs> good account. I think he wrote something like, um, "This is a really good halftime show if you were born between the years, you know, nineteen eighty three and nineteen ninety <laughs> or something like that." It was yes. really funny. We'll uh, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back here and uh, take more of your phone calls on WGR on the Extra Point Show. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out of market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.